Welcome to Bass University Live, everybody. Good to have you with us, uh, as always, on Tuesdays. Uh, love doing this show, especially when we have fun guests like we're going to have today. Good friend of the show, uh, friend of Bass University forever and ever. Our buddy Luke Duncan's going to be with us today. Yeah, Luke's always a fun uh, conversation, and uh, there's there's a lot going on in the sport yeah. of fishing right now. And Luke is very involved uh, in all of it from from a lot of different aspects. So he's he's going to bring some great insight for sure. Yep, yep. There's always still a lot of drama. Uh, this, that's the nature of the sport right now. And of course, Luke is dialed in on it, and he is he is the MC extraordinary over there, uh, the commentator at the MPFL, and uh, and look forward to diving into uh, to all that stuff and talking about. I really want to talk about some of the winning ways uh, that he saw this year because things are changing. Uh, Forward facing sonar has dominated uh, a lot of the major trails. Has it dominated over there too? Uh, let's let's see what's what's happening over there. Um, been so busy at, at Bash U. My goodness, we're uh, we've got our classes lined up, and uh, we are we are listing a lot of our speakers are going to be up on our site probably within the next uh, twenty four hours. So if you're if you've been waiting to see the speaker list for our classes, it's coming your way. Uh, we may have it as early as this afternoon. We'll uh, at least uh, who we have. We still have a few uh, speakers that we have yet to yet to get finalized, and we'll have all that done here real soon and uh some of some of the notable ones are our ike is going to be in shreveport with us uh this year and gerald swindles back with us at, in the classroom we've worked with him on the water uh in the last most recent times but i really uh, love having gerald in, in the classroom he's going to be in gadsden alabama and uh and ben milliken a friend of friend of ours friend of the show is uh Man, made it to the elites, won to open this year. Really excited to have him with us in Athens, Texas this year. And look for, uh, you know, look for all the rest of the speakers to be announced here shortly as we uh, get in touch with everybody as we get into the fall. And we've got our Black Friday specials going on. Yes. It's, it's, it's in the classroom. And if you can't make it to the class, you can check out Bashu TV. We've got, uh, we've got a great, uh, uh, Black Friday holiday promotion happening over at bashu tv and of course our classroom tickets are we have a it's, it's really cool it's a 10 percent off right now uh over there at bashu um for our tickets for all of our tickets makes a great gift tell your girlfriend tell your wife that's what you want they will get it for you i promise they uh they're always looking for a good gift to give to their man that loves fishing so uh, check it out of course we love the ladies that come too and we get more and more of those every year mm -hmm. Uh, but go to thebashuniversity.com to get tickets. Go over to bashu.tv, and it's a special uh, $99 annual deal going on with oh, yeah. a really awesome $50 Tackle Direct coupon uh, for subscribers. So check all that stuff out. We've got a great uh, set of uh, prizes, as we always do for every show. If you're watching over on Facebook, like and share the feed. We've got a gift for you guys, and we have a grand prize. So pay attention. Uh, you guys are getting good. We're, here's how our grand prize question is going to work from now on. Uh, we are writing the question in the, on the IM board at Bashu.tv. Carrier pigeon. Yes. <laughs> so everybody gets that question at the same time, and the first one to get the correct answer will win the prize. What are we giving away today, Rich? Yeah, today for the grand prize, we're going to be giving away a Lakewood custom tackle bag. Uh, I actually have one here on the table. Um, and we're going to be giving away some missile baits as well. These tackle packs are really cool. They're uh, they're lightweight and they're they're 
they're like a coated mesh and it's breathable. You don't get that moisture build up in your stuff. And uh, we're going to be filling that bad boy up with some missile baits. So that's yeah. going to be the, the grand prize. And then the Facebook like and share is going to be a sweet Minn Kota hat. This is like my favorite Minn Kota hat to wear of all time because it's a soft hat. I like soft hats and this one's money. And with that hat, you're also going to get some Cortland line master braid to spool up those spinning reels, those bait casters, whatever you want to use it for. So that'll be the Facebook like and share. Um, and stay tuned. You know, we're going to be asking a question, like Pete said, at the end of the show, that was something that we talked about today. So you got to stay locked in, sharpen those pencils, get ready. Um, and, you know, if you're if you're on the Bash TV program and you're with us and you, you, you know what's coming down the pipe. But for those of you that aren't, I'm going to spill the beans just a little bit. This week, uh, we're releasing John Hunter Dock Fishing in the fall. Uh, that was a really cool seminar. Different approaches that you can take to fishing docks in the different kind of docks. Not all docks are the same. And John really broke down uh, how to approach each one of those types of habitat and his method methods that he uses to catch those fish. And then our classroom release, this is a good one. Hold on. Chad Pipkin's Finding Sweet Spots. Okay. What is a sweet spot? Some may know. Some may not know. Well, guess what? Chad's going to break all that down for you. And Chad, he is a sneaky good, uh, he's a sneaky good grass fishing guy. And that's something that really stood out to me about this seminar. And he's also a sneaky good guy on our body water, Pete, on the Chesapeake. He always seems to find those, well those little, those little sweet spots, those little pods that hold fish. And uh, in this seminar, we have mapping images to kind of show you what he's talking about. And he really breaks down where to look what to look for and what to do once you find them. So that's a really good seminar uh, coming out and should be, uh, should be really exciting. Did you study your Bass University this week? I'm watching. I'm <laughs> watching you guys. Uh, and I just wanted to bring this to your attention, guys. If, if you guys are flipping the D-bomb, this is a special rusty crawl color exclusive only uh, to tackle direct. It's only there. So if you, if you are like a lot of guys like flipping your heavy cover, with this bait, this is a color that the fish in your area haven't seen. It's only available at Tackle Direct, so go check it out. Uh, we had it made custom. Uh, the car Shout out actually. to BTC. He's yeah. the one that uh, concocted that. that. Yeah. And uh, you guys are active, as always. You guys come off a big win last weekend and got a little tougher this weekend. Yeah, got a got a little little tougher on us this weekend, Pete. The uh, the water temps on the bay dropped like 10 degrees and I think like three days. Yeah. You know, we had a few of those really cold nights and, you know, we, we still, we still put together a decent day. It was, it was tougher than the week before the week before when we won, it took almost 25 pounds this week. It only took 19 to win and it took Much seven. Tougher. Yeah. It took 17 to get paid and we had 14. So we were scratching kind of right where we needed to be. Um, and, you know, I mean, Justin, you can chime in as well. We just never really got the the bite feedback this week. No, it, we, we we had to kind of just scratch and junk around, and you know, never they never sent us down the path. So, yeah, we never got those like key bites to dial us in on what's going on. You know what I mean? It was right. we were all over the place. Yeah, yep. you know, and it's tough to win on the bay. I mean, you it's gotta, tough to do it two weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah. you got to catch. Is. There's so many big fish available. <laughs> That you've got to get those big ones, yeah, and, and and it's 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 tough to do. You guys are, mm -hmm. but you keep knocking at the door like you always do, and uh, and you you'll get another dub. So uh, good job, way to battle this 
weekend with some tougher conditions. And uh, I know conditions are changing all, all over the country. We're seeing guys that love to fish the fall. I see so many guys breaking out their buzz baits uh, this time of year. It's really cool to see, uh, especially in a lot of the reservoirs, the shad are moving, and what, what a great time to be throwing top water. So get out of the tree stand, for crying <laughs> out loud, and get out and do some fishing with the rest of us. Um, That's right. Guys, we have a, a really great uh, person, great guest. Luke Duncan is going to be with us uh, from the MPFL, from Low Budget Live. And what I got a finger pointing over here. We're about. To we go got some guys break. on the yeah. uh, on the board already. Uh, shout them out. Shout out some guys. Of, some of the guys watching. We got Howie Range as usual. Nick Mayberry, St. Cress, Lee C, Chuck Fish, hanging out with us this morning. Awesome, love awesome. to see it. Awesome. Hey, and we're gonna. We're, by the way, guys, we're gonna be live with another challenge next week. Look for that. We'll keep you guys posted. We're going to have an interesting uh, live challenge out on the water somewhere. So anyway, Luke Duncan is going to be with us in just a few minutes. We're going to be talking about what's going on in the fishing world and how guys are winning tournaments these days. Looking forward to that. Well, he'll be with us right after this quick commercial break. underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod. 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod i found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Portland Line Master Braid, America's premium super braided fishing line. Manufactured in our Cortland, New York facility and constructed from the highest quality spectra fibers available. 
Portland Line Company, made in America since 1915. I have to have the best eyewear. My eyes are essential to doing my job. It's the highest quality lens that I've ever used. Top of the line performance in these glasses. But they're priced for absolutely everyone. The everyday angler can afford them. As a touring professional pro, if I can depend on them, I know the weekend angler can as well. Hobie Eyewear, built for the pros. Price for everyone. And we're back. And we are back. Uh, welcome back to live, everybody. I always miss the cue. Um, great show. Um, longtime friend of the show and uh, and Bash University instructor, uh, the great Luke Duncan is with us today. Luke, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. It's good to be back. It's been a minute. Yeah. It had, well, you've been so busy, man. You're hard to get with these days. Look, man, it's, uh, it shows in the beard these days. I'm very <laughs> tired, especially now the season's over all the, I've got like a little bit of a two month break and then it's right back into the frying pan again. But, uh, I'm grateful because I remember when the phone didn't ring guys. Yeah. Well, good for you. And, uh, I know, you know, that's, that's a, that's a year round thing you're doing now with the NPFL. That's got, that's got you all over the do you, do you do that from a studio? Do you travel around for that event? Yeah, so we uh in year 1 we actually did it on location and we found out that year that there's a reason that Bass and MLF do not do it on location. Uh, <laughs> but you know, technical issues and and things tend to pop up. You get a lot of gremlins. It was it was more fun I think for Fat Cat and I to be uh, and Dudley that year on site because you're at the weigh-ins and you're actually feeling the emotion of the guys and the stress and things. Uh, but now we're up in, in Wisconsin. We're in Appleton, Wisconsin is where our fixed production studios are located. And so uh, I think this was my 14th trip to Wisconsin this Whoa. past weekend. So yeah, I've been, uh, been up there several times. Appleton's like a home away from home and, and, uh, but it's, it's a lot more, uh, I hate not being on site, but I, I do enjoy being in studio and what we're able to bring by by doing it that way. Yeah, I, I that's that makes a lot of sense. I I mean, I completely understand. But now, you know, you're going to be you're going to have to take advantage of some ice fishing now that you're going up there all the time. Have you ever? Are you going to do that? Done. I'm out on all that. I don't care. <laughs> Like, I mean, I see videos every now and then. There's like some guy sitting in a bunk bed <laughs> fishing yeah. all nice. That's my speed. I think I could get into that. But no, I'm not getting out there when it's 30 below. No, you guys can have that. Come <laughs> on, man. We no, were down. We were down at ICAST. It was the Aqua View guys had uh, yeah. had their ice fishing. Uh, not, you can't even call it a shanty. It's like a condo. <laughs> you know, it's got giant screen TVs, fireplace, and you know, stove. The whole nine yards. I'm like, that looks kind of cool. I think I could do that. I could do yeah, that. Right. When you see these guys with their augers out there and they're in the middle, they're all bundled up in the middle of nowhere and <laughs> the frozen tundra. Yeah. Nah, that's no, dude. No. I mean, the shanty thing, it's it's kind of like you're just like fishing in your living room. Yeah. You know? Like you just you got a hole in the hardwood floor and you're just dobbing. For yeah. <laughs> just hoping to get a bite. I'm, yeah. I'm for that. If I could do that here in Tennessee, just in the wintertime, just, you know, <laughs> watch some NFL football roll over off the couch and, yeah, perch or something every now and then. I'd do that, man. That, that people love it. People love it. Well, I've never done it either. So, uh, well, well, maybe we'll maybe we'll do it together. Sometime. Yeah, let's 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 plan on it. Yeah, <laughs> we we'll get we we'll get some of that that Arctic gear. 
But yeah. uh, but you've been uh, you know, there's been so much going on, man. I saw, I saw a hostile interview <laughs> with James Watson. Uh, hostile is a good word for that. <laughs> it was it was right i mean and i get it man so there's been some major decisions in this industry going down right now and uh and and people are uh you know it's hitting them sideways well i think they're the the pros that are involved in that and are caught up in that uh they're on edge for a reason right and i and i get that frustration and and james wanted to come on and he wanted to be no holds barred. So, so we sent it and I asked him afterwards, I said, do you want me to like edit any of the language? And he goes, absolutely not. I said, okay, yeah. full, full send. And, uh, I get it though, man. They, they, they feel like they rode into battle, right. When everything's split and I, I get where that's that emotion's coming from. And it's been a, it's been a, a constant change. Uh, I feel like, and, and nothing stays the same in, in life, right. No matter what it is, whether it's fishing or, um, or just a regular business of any kind. Nothing, nothing tends to say the same. So it's expected. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, a lot of the anglers are upset and, and we talked with a lot of them. Uh, you know, uh, we had Dave Dudley on the show. Yeah. All that Dudley yeah. turned loose. Yeah. Yeah. He turned loose and, in, in a, and, and, but made a lot of good points, you know, I mean, um, he was, it was very, uh, you know, and he's, he's one of the guys that's not on below the cut line. Like he's that's right. He's he's secure, right? He's secure right. in his future. Yeah. Yep. So it was it was interesting to 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 hear his feedback, but it, but um his uh assessment a little bit and of you know the powers that be over there and the fact that they have to make some business decisions. Um, you know, it was interesting to hear him recognize that, and we were we talked to to Boy Duckett on the Ike Live show. Yeah, yeah, um, Halloween episode. I still haven't got to see it. I'll well, I mean, you got to, you know, I, I give him so much credit for facing the fire. Um, yeah, you know, Tell he knew he was budget live. <laughs> <laughs> he knew he was coming in to get some hot questions. Oh, for sure. Heard out him, and he, you know, he he even you know had a Halloween. Uh, you know, theme on his, and he was, he, he, he's the guy, right. The, or the buck stops with him. He's the guy that's got to make these hard decisions. And, you know, he, he went through some of those decisions that he, that he had to make. And, and the guy that's, I mean, whether you're the president of the United States, president of a company, CEO, whatever it is, you are going to get heavily criticized, of course. you know, no matter what you do, you know, and no, no, I would, I was impressed with his ability to come in and and say, you know, this is what we decided to do. We and 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 just to his and I want to hear your thoughts on it. His assessment of it was, and we've seen this before, where uh, you remember when they did the E fifties and they knocked the yeah, field man. down, right? Yep. The thought the thought process is with a smaller field, those guys they can connect with the audience better and. Uh, it will be better for the sport in the long term uh, to have to have a smaller field. And that's the business decision, the long term business strategy that they've made. And they're going down that road. They made that hard decision. He, had, he, he recognized how hard of a decision that was made because he knew how many people it was going to impact. Uh, but that's the decision that they made is they feel like they're trying to do something better for the sport. Yeah, I, I think that that's the that's certainly the the uh, 
you know, overall message he's sending on that, I guess. But, uh, oh, I lost you guys. No, we're here. You're just full screen. It scared me. Sorry, guys. Getting into it, and then it was gone. We, uh, we felt I, like you were about to say something really important. I need so Pete's face in my life. Screen. I need Pete's face in my life. I miss Pete so much. Uh, no, I, I think that that's the overall message, but but for me, it's like, why not start with 50, right? Like, if that's, if that's the long-term goal and that's where this tough decision had to go, well, why didn't you start with 50? Why did you drag 80 people into it? Um, I also think that it's, it's a shame for, I don't know, high school and college, like we're putting a huge emphasis on that now. And I think when you dwindle it down to only a few spots at the top and look, rightfully so it it should be very hard to be at the top of whatever sport it is. I, I get that. I completely understand that, that rationality, but at the same time, I think I, I question why not start with it and why this is seems to be kind of a sudden decision that was made with just a very select group and not the entire, you know, overall uh, angler group because it was it was told to them multiple times that this is a hey man your voice matters and we're going to vote on this. It's like the format changed. They they voted on it last year. They didn't tell them they were going back to every fish counts until their until their meeting. So I think there's a lot of a lot of confusing uh, messaging there from Boyd. And and look, again, he's the guy. He's really good at taking it on the chin. I will say that. Like, he he will stand in and and take the punches and double down. You know, he's uh, he doesn't bend a lot. And I think a lot of times in business, you've got to be that guy. So he's certainly uh, not afraid to to stand his ground. But but I man, I do just feel for the guys. It was it was the same emotion, I guess, that I had when they bought the FLW Tour and, and they killed the Forestwood Cup. You know, that was such a cool tournament in our industry. And you had a, it had such a rich history over its, you know, its time there and so many good champions and so many stories. And now it's like, I, I worry that five years from now, we won't even bring up the term Forestwood Cup and some of those monumental moments. I mean, they gave away a million dollars in that tournament a couple of times. Like, that's crazy to think about that, that future fishing fans may not ever even know it existed you know, in the, in the importance of that event to me. So that was another one of those that just, it's, it's frustrating. Again, I understand that things change. Um, and for me, I think my, a lot of times people are like, Oh, he hates MLF or, you know, that's the overall, um, you know, opinion of a lot of people at times, but really I'm more for the anglers. And I think you guys understand that because I was one and I have so many dear friends, just like you guys do that are in the ball involved in it that I talk to on a daily basis. And so I see what they go through. I know how hard they work. And, uh, you know, and I just want them to have a chance. Yeah, I, I that's that's a really good assessment of it. And uh, it's interesting that you said the word double down. And that's a great way to address how how Boyd does handle that situation. Like and that when we interviewed him, we got that like he did not make those decisions like willy nilly. You know what I mean? That they that group is knee deep in it and they're. They're trying to do something that is really, really good, and they're up against it, right? We we know the industry, you know, sponsorships are kind of at a premium right now, and it's a difficult time to do business uh, right now. Some, some it, it is tough calls. It, it's crazy to think about that, though, right? And we're coming off this three-year COVID high almost in the industry, where I think companies make more <clears> money than they've ever made. I know a couple that I'm involved in certainly did, and now it's like, hey, guys. Times are tough. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's a very interesting time. And I've heard that, you know, personally in some of my podcast relationships and things, guys are like, eh, you know, it's uh times are getting tough, but we, I think we all 
should have known the bubble was going to burst at some point. But man, you got to think about record sales, whether it's boats in the last three years, motors, electronics, tackle. I mean, it's been an insane time uh, in our industry for the last three years. And and of course, we're, we're seeing this economic slowdown a little bit here. But uh, man, people got uh, fat and happy. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it was, uh, I guess, never thought the rain would stop falling. But That's it. That's it. it and 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 that's tough. And I, I get it because I'm I like you. I was one of those guys that that's all I did. I mean, I still love fishing the tournaments, uh, but you know the guys uh, that make all their livelihood through that and the social media that they do in, in conjunction with the tournaments are man. There's there's a lot of guys that are that are going to be displaced. And um, yeah. do, do they have a home at the MPFL? What's going on over there? Well, you know, there's a lot going on. Lots of moving. There sure is. <laughs> Good for the MPFL, man. They just kept fighting and fighting and fighting, and they're it's starting to click. It seems. Hey, like. man, it's uh, sometimes that black sheep will actually get into the right pasture. You know, not to sound like that sounds like a Gerald Swindle saying. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, but you know, you enter in year four, guys. I, it's we've all, we've been all about transparency, and we've it's damn sure been a roller coaster at times with the MPFL and up until, you know, last year, not knowing, Hey, are we going fishing? Are we not like, what are we doing? And, and to see that ownership group come together and make decisions to benefit the anglers, to see them make, all right, this, this plan that we rolled out is not working. What can we do to change it to ensure we're going to have a 2023 season like they did, which was the smallest field we've had, but it was the strongest field I think that we've ever fished in the three seasons. And, and to see them going into year four with, you know, a ton of interest, a ton of new names to go with some of those three-year MPFL pros. Man, it's it's exciting. And I want to thank you guys because you've always, whether it's Ike Live or, or Bass U, you guys have always supported us and um, and acknowledged that we exist. And, and sometimes the industry has not been kind at times, you know. And, uh, and so I, I'm proud to uh, be rolling into year four, that's for sure. That, well, that's, cool. that's great. And we're glad to do it. I mean, there's a lot going on. Are, are you going to rename the uh, winner's trophy over there, the Patrick Walters uh, uh, trophy? Is that, is that going to go on? Man, I, you know, what's crazy about that is uh, Taylor Watkins, who, you know, fished with us the first two years. Taylor won three. He won two uh, last year. And then he chose to go to the – excuse me, in 22. He chose to go to the Opens in 23. Um, and, and try his hand to try to make the elites and, and get a classic berth. And, uh, but he won three, you know, over two seasons. So Patrick's done that. Now the scary part for me with Patrick is he narrowly missed winning two in the 2022 season and had his best friend, Trent Palmer and one ounce, not, uh, gotten the way he would have won three of the five he was in this year. Um, it's, uh, and I see people saying, man, it's the Patrick Walters donation trail. And look, <laughs> here's the thing. That guy has finished in the top five in the Bassmaster Elite Angler of the Year race in the last five seasons as well. He's got wins over there. I mean, it's he's a scary, scary dude. And I think it's time we start having conversations about where he is against the rest of the tournament anglers as far as like a ranking. You know what I mean? Because I feel like Patrick's name doesn't get brought up enough in the overall conversation of, who's the greatest with a rod and reel right now from a competitive standpoint across professional angling. And dude, it's hard to argue. It's not him. Yeah. Really hard to argue. It is. You're right. And I think it's just cause he's so nice. I, he, well, now listen, don't be fooled. By that. <laughs> he is certainly, certainly, uh, he's the Dale Earnhardt 
of of bass fishing. That's what Fat Cat is named him because he's sneaky nice. He will still look at you and give you one of these. <laughs> Because he's idling out, and if you're in second place, trust me, he likes to. We call him Dream Crusher over there. He loves crushing people's dreams and souls. He enjoys yeah. it. That's funny. He's a killer, but he is he so is nice. nice, and he's uh, worked with us at Bass U for for quite a while. We were we worked with him when he was brand new on you know coming on, and and man, he is. You're right. He has lit it up. Mm-hmm. He should be in that conversation with the Jacob Wheelers of the bunch. Million percent. And you you hear those names, right? You hear the Wheelers and you you hear the Brian Thrifts over the years and different different names. But dude, this kid, I mean, and he is a kid. He's not even 30 years old yet. Like let's let's grasp that. And where where does this career end up long term? Dude, it's uh, he gives me KVD vibes as far as like his energy on the final days. Cause I, I've, I've joked all year. I've spent more time over his shoulder and talking to him than I have with my wife and kids. I feel like, cause he's just always on MPFL uh, live with us. And man, he, when he, he has a gear on the final days that he hits, it, that's something to watch. And it's only, it really, it does remind me of, and of course Wheeler as well, but it reminds me of Kevin, those old school Kevin, you know, the game changer days when he would catch one and you're just like, yeah, this is a wrap. This is over with. He's, he hits a gear. That's very scary. Uh, if you're a competitor, that's for sure. Have you, noticed, have you noticed anything with Patrick? Like if he gets going down like a certain pattern or a certain path, like that, like forget about it, it's over. He's going to win. I think it's it's an energy thing with him, uh, more so than a pattern. And what I mean by that is he's when he starts making decisions that all click together on a final day. And I mean, like for at Lanier, for example, it's early, and he had a lead, one pound lead over Will Harkins. And Harkins is a great local there, young pro. He caught a six twelve spotted bass the first day, Jeez. twenty pound bag to to take the lead. He's a twenty year old. He finished second in the Angler of the Year race this year. I mean, the kid's incredible. Uh, his first year with us, but. Harkins knows Lanier well. He's a pound out. Everybody else is kind of, you know, distance. Patrick's distanced himself from everybody else. Pretty good chunk. But the morning started slow for him, and he calls this audible, and he goes and skips a dock that he has not fished all week. And he says, as he's idling, I've been saving this all week. He goes in, pitches a brush pile, and he catches a big spot on a jig, flips it in the floor of the boat. The second it hits, he turns around, just smiles big. And it's like that moment, you're like, yeah, it's his. It's over. It was like that. That was... And he was catching three to four pound spots doing what he was doing, but it was like that fish just ignited something in him. He's like, I just made the right decision. Here we go. We saw that at Watts Bar last year. He pulls up on a school. He was struggling, and he caught one good one. He didn't catch a a bunch of them off this place. Catches one good one, and then it was like every stop after that, he's just fishing with a different attitude, and he gets locked in, man. But it's it's there's just something to him. You watch a switch flip with him. but I mean, obviously he's, he's very dangerous with forward facing sonar. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of weight that gets put on that. Cause Patrick's a really dangerous shallow water angler as well. Yeah. I guess that is because he was like one of the first guys to win that way with, That's right. facing, you know, so he's he kind got of exposed lake. things, right? Like Lake Fork, he exposed an entire deal that nobody knew about. Yep. Yep. And he's proven over and over again, he's proficient there, but, uh, but it's he's 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 doing amazing. He's winning at all wherever he goes. But um, we talked to you know, the, and we titled the show that the my are is there a migration happening to the MPFL? I've heard rumors that some pretty big names are going to be swinging with you guys this year. Yeah, we've uh, we've got a, a 
a nice stable incoming to to go to the uh to go into the field that we've already got that's super strong because I don't want to take anything away from anybody that's fished with us for three years because guys we've we've exposed people like a Keith Carson to the bass fishing world, a Bryant Smith that's now, you know, kicking butt over there on the Bassmaster Elite series. Um, David Gaston that's over there made the classic as well, fished with us for two seasons. You know, there there are lots of of names that that are like a will harkins a todd goat our angler of the year my goodness you can't have a better season than todd goat had in professional fishing this year but uh but yeah we've got some names and i have been told i'm allowed to share some of these names today right. hopefully i didn't get bad information <laughs> <laughs> and, and i'm gonna get phone calls later but uh so we got some elite series some elite series pros are going to mix it up with us in addition to john cox who uh he announced on LBL this week he's coming back again. Patrick Walters is, is of course coming back. I don't think you could you could you could run him off from the MPFL. He really enjoys it, and uh, for for more than the uh, trophies that he wins, I think he he likes the league. But but we've got uh, let me see. I got I got a cheat sheet here to make sure I remember these names. Drew Cook coming in hot. We got Wes Logan. Got David Williams, Buddy Gross, and Joseph Webster. And uh, newly qualified elite pro is going to mix it up with us as well. Logan Parks, okay, to the mix. So, so some guys that certainly know their way around a rod and reel. And I will say there are lots. We got of, a couple more too. <laughs> we do. We, we well, we're here. We're so these are confirmed, these are confirmed, right? Yeah, like, okay. I've had. I can't tell you this. This little device right here has uh, been burning up for about the last month with with several people that are kind of dipping their toe in the water and checking it out. Uh, it's a big commitment, right? Like there were a lot of. I'll, I'll just sure. straight up. There were a ton of BPT guys in the in the week that followed that announcement that were like, well, "I'm leaving and screw this, and we're coming to MPFL." But you got to look at. They got at least one more year guaranteed at BPT. It is a smaller field than MPFL. Uh, you know, there's there's still positives in that world, right? It's hard to uproot your career and just start all over. Now, 2025, I think, will be the interesting year, uh, more, even more interesting to see who who tries to get in for sure because it, we have a vibe, an overall vibe to me that feels like the FLW Tour days, the old FLW Tour. It's very reminiscent of that to me. Um, even Dudley said that year one, he's like, this, that, this feels like, you know, early two thousands FLW, um, as far as the camaraderie and everything. So I think you'll, you'll be, uh, you'll be seeing even more names pay some attention in 2025 for sure. So we got a question on our board from Howie range. And, uh, I'm curious to this as, as well, like with all the interest you guys are getting and, you know, with all the new guys that want to come in, do you see the MPFL having to make a qualifying series? You know, that that's definitely, I can tell you, that's a huge conversation all the time. And it really has been even before the first season, right? It's something they wanted to do. Uh, they just want the timing to be right. I, I think it's got to be. And because it obviously takes resources to run something like that, you've got to make it worthwhile for people to spend their hard-earned money to come fish those qualifiers. And I think for me, and this is not a, not a knock, but I, I think that that, to me, that was one of the mistakes the Bass Pro Tour made is they didn't necessarily need that feeder system right away, and they bought FLW, and I think it put a lot more financial strain, business strain on having to take care of all that, and it took the focus off of just the BPT. So I think entering year four, we've still, we're still climbing, man. We've, we've still got a lot to figure out uh, and, and iron out on our own, and then I think you'll definitely see something like that down the road because we've had – I mean, the interest this year, we're talking almost 300 people 
right. have uh, have applied. Like it's it's very impressive to see the folks coming out. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what does that process look like to like you know to for an angler that wanted to maybe go down that road? How do they? get him how do, how do they get their foot in the door so so on the uh on the website there tnpfl.com we have just an angler application page and and look it doesn't matter if you are joseph webster or if you're luke duncan you get on there you fill out your information you give a brief description kind of your tournament history you give your contact information and and look we all know it, it's it's a very good position to be in to be able to kind of hand pick essentially but we do uh first come first serve when it comes to actually the application process and Brad Fuller himself, he'll call, reach out. He, he interviews them. I mean, it's a really neat process, um, you know, to, to get in. And again, it's a good problem to have, but eventually I would like to see a qualifier. Like we, like we talked about, I think that's the, the most fair way to do it. Once, once we're, uh, you know, a couple more years into this deal. The, uh, I noticed, uh, there's some things that are changing with the streaming. Like what? What are your plans for next year? I, I saw where you can uh, you can watch individual guys uh, and and watch their live stream. But w what's the broadcast looking like? And and what's that program all about? So we uh, that was a really cool thing they added this year through our production company, Fix TV. They have an app, Fix TV app, and so you could watch individual anglers on the first day, and it was just three bonus cameras, um, and you could click on who you wanted to watch basically through that through that platform. And that was an idea that, that Brad Fuller and crew had in year one. I mean, when they came to my house to have an original meeting about, about me potentially going to work for him, that was an idea. He, his dream big scale is to have one on every angler in the field. That way you can click through. I mean, that would be an amazing revolution in coverage. Of course, that's a, you know, it's, it's, it's not an easy task, but that's something that they would love to do one day. So we're doing that on day one. And then day two, you get, uh, we have five, camera ops in the boat and then we have three bonus cams so the top eight in the standings on day two and then on showdown saturday all have cameras and then you get to hear myself and fat cat uh stumble horribly through our dialogue <laughs> as these guys try to win a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> come on you guys you guys shout out to fat cat we, yeah uh, that's my boy right there yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys are getting to be quite the broadcast team. It's it's fun, man, because he was, I will say this about B, he was super nervous about coming in the studio. And uh, at the end of 2021 there, he he filled in at the last event and he's and he never got out of the seat since. And uh, man, he's, uh, he, he takes it like everybody, and you guys know Fat Cat on a personal level. He's, he's, loves to cut up, loves to joke. And he takes that job so serious, man. And he, he, golly his notes everything i mean and he cares about our anglers and he wants to uh provide them as much as he can through the broadcast and and we do we have a uh we have a good time man we we have to kind of keep ourselves in check to not get in trouble i'll be honest because <laughs> he and i have a uh twisted sense of humor at times but uh we're lucky we're three years in we haven't gotten fired so i guess it's okay we're lucky to have the bosses we do i know that yeah, the Wisconsin didn't know what hit him when you guys roll into town. I buddy, buddy. <laughs> when I tell you that home two suites up there that we stay in, they're like, oh boy, these guys again. <laughs> uh, I love it. Well, looking forward to watching and, uh, and, and seeing how it plays out this year. Um, it's been a, it's been a crazy year for, uh, for fishing. I mean, Forward facing sonars on the chopping block, man. Everybody's winning tournaments with it. Uh, what, what's uh, what's happening in the MPFLs? Did it dominate the events like it did everywhere else this year? It, 
You know, I was actually when when Riz reached out and he was like, "We're gonna talk about winning techniques." I was kind of making a making some notes and thinking back over the year, and I was like, "Well, good thing it didn't dominate MPFL." And then I started looking. I was like, "Actually, it did dominate." Because yeah. <laughs> I because I, I love forward facing. I, I think it's cool, but I'm like, right. um, yeah, it did. It dominated MPFL for sure uh, out of out of the six events. So I will say, live live coverage wise, going back, we did figure out how to show in the last two events. Yeah show you the anglers forward facing yes you did picture and it's really i thought it was very educational for the fans it was educational for me man watching these guys make adjustments based on how the fish are reacting if you pay attention you can learn a lot and oh, that, yeah. there there are plans to uh we can only do a couple of those uh anglers in the top eight at a time and there are plans to expand that for sure in uh in 2024 as well i want to want to hit on that while we're on this forward facing topic because everybody gets tired of this right everybody's looking down yeah, yeah. Um, but i'll say our anglers do a good job though i feel like breaking down even when we can't show it they they really we preach that to them like hey talk to us you know don't just get totally caught up in what you're doing try to explain what's going on so shout out to the anglers for taking the time to do that i i love the the screenshots where you get to see yep. um and it's it's all like I'm I'm of the opinion, every offshore tournament always was like that. You know what I mean? It's million percent. Yeah, it's been that way for 20 years. Like it hasn't changed. Uh, it's you know the only difference. I, I don't know that there's any difference except for they're not. they're using the technology, but people are griping about it, and uh, I think it's fascinating. I think it's shown it's shown us ways to catch fish that we could have never imagined. It's fun. And it's fun. Yeah. And I think it shows us, it has shown us that they live in areas we never realized, right? Like, like you guys are teachers. That's what you do at Bass. You do a killer job with seminars and everything. And think about all the quote magazine speak and these, these ideas we had on bass behavior that with forward facing, we're like, um, actually, no, that's not what we do at all. We <laughs> I mean, who knew largemouth like to hang out around 50 feet of water, you know, suspended over 50 feet of water under bait, like a pelagic smallmouth. Like we only think spots and smallmouth, but we see it with big largemouth all the time now. You know, that was, that was never something that we would have known without forward facing. Well, I agree. And, uh, you know, there's so much, like we, we saw the elite on uh, watching them chase the schools of smallmouth out oh, hundred feet of water. And, uh, it changed, yeah. It's changed everything. We, I remember, like we would fish that way, like for largemouth and smallmouth, and you know when the fish would pull up on the point or the rock pile or the 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 grass point, we would catch them, mm -hmm. and, and we never knew what the heck they did, you know, in between, and it it has definitely exposed that, and to me that makes it so interesting. One of the things that I find really interesting, and we. Now, I remember talking about this just two years ago is the bait categories and the ways that guys are altering baits to to make to, to catch fish better. Um, and I've seen it uh, like uh, on the opens this year that, man, the guys are using it with big baits. Like mm -hmm. we think like we always think about the Japanese approach, right? The right. four pound test, the cube, the fuzzy cube or whatever that crazy thing is. <laughs> and, and those weird ways. But guys are using three quarter ounce jigs, three quarter ounce spinner baits, big glides with uh, with the forward facing to make it go. 
it's interesting to see the techniques that are rising in that, right? And, and because everybody thinks the Domeki style stuff, and you do see a lot of that, obviously, like a, a jig head fluke style bait, but so many more options that we're starting to see. Um, and and I think about you said spinnerbait. Patrick Walters at Santee Cooper this year in MPFL, he won there. It's his home lake. He's fishing brush, and a lot of his big ones came on a three quarter ounce spinnerbait in brush. But and it's something he would have done ten years ago. Right to be fair, but forward facing makes him very uh efficient in knowing exactly where he needs to cast that spinnerbait. But yeah, we saw him catch uh several of his biggest ones on a spinnerbait there. Yeah, see that spinnerbait still works, yeah. Oh, absolutely, oh, no doubt. Heck yeah, <laughs> if you're watching this, it doesn't work, and you should never throw it. <laughs> Forget it, get into all your you kids and your video game fishing and you swim baits, keep doing that. Yeah, <laughs> us old people. <laughs> I remember uh, the famously, and I, I, I don't mean to throw you under the bus, but <laughs> D D Dudley came on and said, uh, well, one of her seminars, when the chatterbait was red hot, he's like, I threw all my spinnerbaits away. And uh, and it was the deal, and it was the truth. Yeah. But I hope he I hope he threw them in a way in a place where he could get them back in the back of the shop. Yeah, I hope he put them in the back of the shop. But <laughs> we did, and I, I wanted to, uh, you you asked about techniques, and I do want to hit on you know we started at Pickwick in the spring. Brandon Perkins wins there. That was a tail race current kind of typical Tennessee River thing. Um, was really zero live scoping going on with anybody in the top five. It was all current related pre-spawn smallmouth and largemouth for the most part then we went to Wright patman and i don't think you can use live scope there i'm sure somebody probably does at some point but it's really this is our second time in three years going there it is chock full of shallow brush it was a shallow brush dominated tournament whether that be a frog uh flipping or baron adams who ended up being disqualified for no fishing license sorry to rub salt in the wound again baron um came back, came back and won our championship though i mean it made the championship i will point that out he uh he fought through it a hundred thousand dollar mistake but he was actually catching fish it was amazing to me skipping a wacky worm on eight pound line in some of the gnarliest cover you've ever seen going behind boats and absolutely smashed them Ryan Satterfield, who ended up being the eventual winner, he was uh, a local there. He was frogging and, and flipping mainly to uh, to catch the weight there that, that land, ended up landing him the win after Barron was DQ'd. So those two throw out live scope. Then we go to Santee, the Patrick Walters show, Dream Crusher uh, yeah. wins there. But Todd Goad gave him a run for his money, our eventual angler of the year. And Todd, he called himself Pawpaw that week. So Fat Cat and I, of course, dug into that uh, and hung on to that for the rest of the year. But he was just throwing a Zoom old monster worm, going down the bank, visibly breaking down the cover as he went and caught enough for second place there at uh, Santee. So that new school versus old school, right? I mean, he and, and he had the tournament of his life there, and Patrick just edged him out just a little bit. Then we go Saginaw Bay, Smallmouth, smallmouth, smallmouth for the most part. Um, flatworm central drop shots and live scope there. Trent Palmer wins. Uh, Lake Eufaula was offshore brush. Luis Fernandez and Will Harkins tied for the win. Are you catching on to the fact that we have insane storylines? Yeah. <laughs> this year it's crazy, man, when I think back on it. Uh, but Will and, and Lewis tied for the for the win on the last day. Lewis uh, edged him out with the tiebreaker being the biggest bag of the event that he had. But it was live scoping brush piles and big flats with scattered stumps with a drop shot. And then Lanier was again, the Patrick Walter show and, uh, 
<laughs> fluking and spooking and uh, jerk baiting brush, uh, those blueback heron uh, spotted bass there, a lot of forward facing sonar there. But, but I will say this this was something that was very cool to see Todd go to end up finishing third in the event, and then Will Harkins, who ended up finishing second, they were utilizing forward facing but using old school techniques. And what I mean by that is Todd, almost every bass he weighed came on the old tried and true shaky head with a green pumpkin zoom trick worm on it. It's been a million spotted bass caught on that over the years, but he was utilizing forward facing to see how they were setting up. Will Harkins was using a bomber long A on forward facing sonar. What? Will Harkins might want to kill me for saying that on Bath U. <laughs> Well, we it for two days and we kind of kept it low key what he was doing but yeah man he was pulling up to his goods shining out there and he just slowly wind that that bomber dude that's what he caught that 612 spot on the first day and it just, i mean we saw him catch multiple four pound spots over the two days we covered him and they absolutely would annihilate that thing now it was high risk high reward he would he would get a lot of bites he lost a lot of fish on it if you've ever thrown a bomber that was around spots that tends to happen but that's you talk about a 20 year old going very old school mixing it with new school before facing it was it was awesome to watch made, made my heart proud <laughs> yeah that's very cool that's uh that's the bomber the floating bomber yes, top sir. order strategy yep, yep. that yeah. little makes that little v coming across there they can't stand yeah yeah we got the, I, we, I got exposed to that out there beaver lake right the, the yes, sir. that uh everybody was was firing those around i just saw uh i just saw old kvd of the 1995 thousand islands tournament where he won on a bomber uh um, yeah I the first wow. spending bombers that were available that's funny i just that just came across my social feed the other day there's something about that deal though that floater on highland reservoirs man whether it's smith lake in alabama uh yeah. you know but those table rocks of the world uh yeah. beaver lake like you're talking about there's something that they get dialed on that thing man and and you can catch them on it when the water's in like the upper 40s it's a really weird right. really weird technique that does shine um uh, at times and I, i'm lucky that i got to fish with a guy by the name of wesley strader who was dude he was really good at it <laughs> uh, and, and i learned i got to see that from, okay. from, from the back deck a lot uh in my flw days that's for sure yeah well it's funny you, wesley's going to be featured uh real soon uh he's on the bucket list for bash university that we filmed uh on lake chickamauga okay uh, by the way that's going to be released in a couple weeks right justin yep yep it'll be on youtube in two weeks in two weeks, we have the Lake Champlain up there right now. But I know you got some IM questions for Luke, Justin. Yeah, I'm going to bring this one up here from Bass Geek. Uh, does MPFL have a plan for a weekend angler division like the BFLs in the future? Definitely in the conversation. Sweet. Definitely in the conversation. Shout out to Bass Geek. That's one of the hardest working men in bass fishing right there. <laughs> he's the everywhere. Geek. I see him all over the place, man. He, he's doing it. Nice, nice fella. Yeah. Well, that's so, yeah, that's down the road. Like you had mentioned, uh, we're going to have to eventually have a feeder system uh, coming through. I want I have, has the MPFL ever considered uh, like a high end uh, team tournament trail, like, uh, like an Alabama bass trail, but nationwide. Listen, buddy, you are absolutely speaking my language now. I think that is yeah. what thing in our sport. And now boy, duck, it's probably going to do it. Now that you said it, uh, no, I, we, I, we've had that conversation. We have, I, man, 
I think that would be the most intriguing thing. And I, I fished that ABT 100. Shout out to, to Kay and Alabama Bass Trail. And it's pros mixed with weekend anglers. It's such a good time. It's yeah. high entry fees, high payout for only, you know, only 100 teams. And she does live coverage with that. But I think if you did that, can you imagine you got, you know, KVD in the boat with whoever, you know, Gerald Swindle, like, dude, fan interaction and something like that would be absolutely incredible. So they have talked about it. But, uh, you know, like I said, I think for us entering year four, it's keep the ball rolling with the league and uh, and see what happens after that. Yeah, I don't think it's the right year to be rolling anything out. No, that's, that's for sure. Yeah, but it but it's fun. We have a lot of people that watch. Of course, Epic Eric, one of our buddies, is is loves the big you know team tournaments. Is is always talking about that, and I know a lot of us love it. I mean, you fish a team tournament every weekend. Yeah, I mean, I you know for for what we have available to us on the bay, it's you know it's it's what you got to do. Yeah. If you want to make some money fishing, you got to be fishing team tournaments, and you better be catching them. <laughs> I- I said this on the show this week, though, after our last Trey and I, Trey Swindle, uh, who's a terrible fisherman, by the way. And, and, and I try to and I try to carry the team and it just didn't work this past week, you know, and I'm sorry to all the fans out there that were disappointed that we threw our three keepers back at Smith Lake. Uh, but but I, I said on the show this week, team tournaments are the heartbeat of this whole bass fishing deal. I know we get a, I, I spend hours and hours just like you guys talking to pros or talking about pro fishing in general but the heartbeat of what makes this whole thing go around is really it's your bass clubs it's your fruit jar tuesday night or like that is where that's where the fun's at that's where that camaraderie resides man and every time i leave an alabama bass trail that's how i feel i'm like rejuvenated about the sport because everybody it's just it's awesome man i mean yeah do you have people that get into it on the water absolutely that's going to happen tensions get high at times but man just overall like it's just a good time and it's truly the heartbeat of the industry i i I love like uh you know you're you're high-fiving your partner like you're yeah, when you when you catch that fish, yeah. you know what I mean. I can't wait to grab the net for my yeah. co angler to catch one in a team tournament. You kidding me? Yeah, I love diving it. across the boat. Yeah, or or like me falling this weekend. Oh my <laughs> god, you ate it, man! What happened? <laughs> I felt I, Riz hooked in the one, and I I completely <laughs> ate it trying to run up to the front. Of like the boat face break. plant, like bit I, the steering wheel, yeah, like I, the whole deal. Yeah. Commitment. Yep. I had a badge at uh, logo implanted in my face after that. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it was it, one of those days. It, it's high energy, man. I love it. You well, you're digging for the net. You're scrambling. You get that uh, fish. You're high fiving. You're <laughs> hugging. You're, you know, it, it's such a fun experience, uh, and it's a lot different from as it can be a little bit contentious when you have the uh, boater non boater situation. Oh yeah, you're throwing daggers at each other when you're coming. Yeah. Throws over your line and catches one. I don't care if Trey throws over me and catches one. Yeah. Right, you're That's rooting it. for him. Dog on it. A shout out to Goop. Uh, yeah, the Collins man. Hey, what? What he? he yeah, I just saw him get mentioned uh, on social. And what? What did he won the a, the AOI for? Yeah, and- uh, in the in the one hundreds, Alabama Bass Trail one hundreds, and his partner, uh, his father had some some health uh, problems pop up before the event, so he elected to stay home. So yeah, Goo Jonathan Collins ends up finishing fishing by himself, catches enough weight to win, and man, they had a they had one hell of a year in that. And uh, 
such a good dude, man. Such a good dude. And everybody around the fishing industry at one point or another, I feel like encounters him and uh, he's been around forever. His dad, Skeeter Collins, a fantastic Alabama angler, mm-hmm. he's called him for years and years and years. But yeah, he 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 took the win home and and uh, they got an awesome picture of him wearing one of the championship belts and one over his shoulder. He looked like he was just there to take <laughs> all the order. It's awesome with his big his big uh, terrorist beard that he has. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's changed his look. I love he he oh, yeah. yeah, no-nose guys forever and ever. And, Good people, uh, man. Yeah, couldn't happen to a nicest guy. Check it out, Black Market. Yeah, uh, Black Market Fishing. Yeah, that's uh, – you some amazing things for sale over there that you won't see anywhere. For fact, he has yep. a unique business, that's for sure. Yep, yep, he sure does. And uh, so, like, um, I do. You know, I'm involved, obviously, heavy with bash you, right? I I love uh, teaching. Has always been something that I'm very proud of, and I love to do. And and I'm proud, super proud of this program and the new stuff that we're bringing out this year. But man, I love to fish. I and um, I've been doing the opens uh, this year. I think I'm going to do the Toyotas. Um, you heard it here, <laughs> listeners. Don't <laughs> let them back out. We're gonna we're gonna have, we're gonna have a bash you house. Me, yeah. Riz, Justin, and uh, who knows who else. But we're gonna be we're gonna be going after the uh, the Toyotas this year. I mean, there. I say it like this: There's nothing that gets me to level ten like when you're in that tournament. Comp, trying to figure out the puzzle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've always loved it. I always will love it, and I think I'm always going to do it. How, how about you? I know you were at the top level. What a what do you? I know you just you, you fish some buddy tournaments. What what are your plans in in the fishing game? So, man, I've uh, I've got I've fished the Alabama Bass Trail 100s, like I said, with Trey Swindle the last couple of years, and I fished some local events with my kids. My my 12 year old rider and my 16 year old Hudson are they they really love it. Nice. Uh, there, there are some uh, cool little events that some friends of ours put on around here that that we fish really not on the Tennessee River. They're on smaller bodies of water, so it's it's better for the kids. And depending on the day, they'll allow me to be a captain and let them fish, or I can pair up with one of them if if uh, they've got a lot going on. My sixteen year olds just started driving, and he plays high school basketball, and he's chasing women. So uh, <laughs> my youngest is always the go to. We actually have one of those this Saturday, as a matter of fact. But uh, doing some of that, but man, like you said, Pete, like I love, I love competing. I do, um, but I just love fishing, man. Like I, I just love to go. Whether that's a Wednesday, getting to go for four hours, whether that's preparing for a tournament. Now the energy level that I get from a, from a tournament, from a tournament blast off alone. Like when they're calling your boat number, man is, is unmatched. I love that. Um, but unfortunately I don't have the time to dedicate because I'm getting to do things like run my mouth for the MPFL. <laughs> and I, and I have something I can't announce it today. We're announcing it next week, but, uh, another venture that I'm getting into, uh, yet another, uh, yet another job, uh, in the bass fishing world next week that I'm very excited about as well. So um, wow. And I'm fortunate, man, to get to do that because if I can't be fishing, I'd rather be uh, running my mouth about it like I get to. And I'm grateful for every opportunity I get. But, uh, you know, I don't I don't enjoy the opens as much. Sorry, Hank Weldon. Hank's my boy. But uh, <laughs> I don't enjoy that 225 boat just rodeo. I don't. I don't. Enjoy. That's not fun for me yeah. these days. I'm, I'm too old and cantankerous for that. But uh, <laughs> but, you know, I don't, I'm not real sure what all I'm going to fish next year announcement forth forthcoming i'll say oh, man you're like you're like ike making an announcement that there's going to be an announcement 
<laughs> I, I would get in trouble if I announced this one today on Bass U. I apologize. Well, you be sure, and uh, well, we'll be listening, but we'll uh, we'll be happy to. I uh, look forward to hearing what it is. Yeah, who, man. Who knows? But I, I hear you about the the two hundred boat fields. The opens are are challenging that way. Uh, for some of the bodies of water we go to, or it, it gobbles that field up pretty sure. good. But certain lakes, oh my gosh, it's like you're on Plan D after mm. you know trying to find a place to fish. You know. That's why I have such an immense respect for those guys that make it, you know, especially this year fishing all nine, getting in those spots because, dude, to be consistent against that kind of feel, because you know, talking to a guy like Scott Martin the year he made it, and he barely made it uh, fishing all of them, there's always going to be somebody where you want to go, depending on boat number. Always. Most, there's always. So you constantly have to make adjustments. I don't care if you have 50 good locations. There's a chance there's going to be somebody on them. You have to get the timing right. You can't get mentally spun out if it's 11 o'clock and you don't have a fish because you cannot have one bad day all season to make it in those nine. You look at the average finishes of those guys. So it's very impressive, the guys that can do that consistently. Um, and they got a group of hammers coming their way next year in the Elite Series, that's for sure. Man, I, we uh, JT Tompkins, shout out to – oh, yeah. we've mentioned it before, but one of the most impressive things that I heard when we interviewed him was – he put 700 hours on his motor this year. 700. I can't wrap my mind around that, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah. course, no, that's the key to not being married, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's, that's a fact. You know, you got to get your 16-year-old under control over there, Luke. Yeah, that's right. Trust me. That's very difficult to do. <laughs> <laughs> my son is 14. He's, a, he's actually going to be fishing a, a team tournament this year. That's cool, uh, man. Yeah, for the the youth uh, nation. So uh, we're looking forward to. I, I never. I thought he was going to be a video game guy for the rest of his life. So I'm I'm super excited to see him get involved in the fishing game. I think it's great. I think it's amazing that they have these all these great high school programs available to us. No doubt about it. I, I'll say this about the video game thing. So my youngest, he's and, and my oldest is as well. All, all my all my boys are are video gamers. They love it. But that's what's cool about forward-facing sonar is Ryder, my 12-year-old, he's obsessed with it. Like, he wants to get out there, and and something else he's obsessed with that is expensive is he loves swim baits. Like, oh. He goes down these YouTube rabbit holes about glides and, and bull shads, and, all, and that's all he wants to do. He doesn't care if you go all day long and don't get a bite. He's like, wow. that was cool. That was fun. Can we come back tomorrow? And you're like, well, we didn't catch one. You had like three follow it. And he's like, I don't care. Like, and when he does get a bite, he just gets all fired up. So he, that makes, I feel like that makes him dangerous though, going into the future. If he can kind of take that, uh, that bucket. I mean, we went to Smith Lake a couple weeks ago and he truly threw a glide bait for eight hours and never had a bite. Wow. <laughs> staring at him on live with me and I'm catching him on the fish head spin different. I'm like, buddy, just pick this up. He goes, no, I'm good. Stuff. <laughs> I'm good. I'm like, all right. But he loves it, man. But it's an expensive for dad to have to buy. He, we walk in a tackle store. He goes, Can I have that Chad Chad? No. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta drop the college fund and start a swim bait fund. No doubt. But it but it's very cool for me. He they my, both they they love Brandon Polonick's videos. They watch a lot of Brandon stuff. They go down YouTube rabbit holes all the time. So they oh, can we have that? That can we get that storm? glide because brandon throws it thanks a lot brandon <laughs> <laughs> this was the duncan household please well hey 
at least you know there, there's thousand dollar divides out there. They Oof, don't tell them. I'm <laughs> <laughs> watching this from school right now. I'm screwed. Like, Those sound like they're better than the other ones, Dad. <laughs> you got to send them out cutting some lawns. <laughs> you better do something quick. No, no kidding, man. Well, I look forward to hearing the announcement, Luke, and I appreciate you hanging out with us, yeah, buddy. Thank you, guys. Right, and uh, I re- really look forward to next season. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate all the support from you guys over the years. You guys are like family. And uh, Pete, I, I do want to say this in closing. So I gave you a really hard time on social media when you fell out of the boat, just like. <laughs> but I want to say that this year I joined you, and what I mean by that is I had a clip that I, I just posted for my GoPro. It was actually kind of a scary situation, but when I went back and edited it, it looked very funny. I fell out of the front of the Express uh, with a jig, one of my own jigs that I can just, you know, I have 500 of in the in the uh, garage, and I went to get it. I lost a, a rod and reel, whole thing, but I, I go uh, feet, you know, feet overhead in there. I dragged four rods with me, but this clip went viral on social media, and I feel like you and I are very similar in that, that out of everything we've ever done, nobody gives a damn about any of it, but you fall out of a boat, by God, you'll get shared 1 million times on the internet. Dude, <laughs> it's, it's like, it doesn't matter. I would, it, whatever boat launch I am at across the country, they will tell me, Pete, careful to stay in the boat. <laughs> Listen, my, my 12 year old has it, has he screenshot from the video me falling at my feet as I go in. That's his background on his stinking telephone. <laughs> as I'm buying him swim baits, I don't know. I'm, that doesn't make me a very smart father, I think. But uh, but yeah, man, you and I, we, we've been into a lot of stuff over the years between Bass U, LBL, all the things. And uh, it's the only thing anybody's ever cared about is me falling in the water. <laughs> you know, why did we should have done this when we were in our 20s, man. Dude, Bill Dance had it figured out. All you got to do is trip over a trailer hitch. <laughs> knock the trolling motor off fall backwards millions of views yep. famous that's that's it so that's that's the so you got to rig the boat next time we're filming right exactly. okay you, know, you and i both fall in on a video together pete internet gold <laughs> Synchronized. Uh, let's, shoot. Let, let's let's do that maybe we'll come down and fish one of them alabama bass trails let's go. come on yeah we'll come down and all in together man well thanks again man it's always great to hang out with you and uh, shout out to all the boys at the mpfl fat cat and and, uh and all the rest and uh thanks again and we look forward to watching this year and and wishing you all the best buddy all right thank you guys we'll see y'all soon see you luke luke duncan everybody uh it's a lot of a lot of stuff going on in the industry you know luke's always got his finger on the pulse yep it does interesting that forward-facing sonar just continued to dominate there as well Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to continue to be a major factor, but one of the interesting things that I, that I picked up on, you know, Luke said one of the keys to Patrick's day was going into that dock and catching one from a rush pile under the dock. Maybe he used for forward facing sonar to identify, you know, where that exact cast was, but I don't really consider that to be an open water forward facing sonar fish. And, you know, you're still seeing, those key fish and those you know those difference makers coming from things other than just live scoping out in the middle of the lake it's still going on guys are still catching five pounders out of laydowns guys are still catching big ones frog and mats that you can't see you know it's still going on the forward facing sonar is just an asset it's just you know another tool that we have to use to to help us learn more about these bodies of water you still got to think yeah still got to adjust 
And you got to know how to use it. <laughs> you got to know how to use it. You got to know how to pull a rabbit out of a hat. Like, uh, you know, when everything's going south, man. But, uh, guys, we're, we're going to give away some stuff. Last chance to like and share the feed on social. And uh, we've got a grand prize. So we're going to take a quick break. And we're going to be giving away some stuff. leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. AquaView. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod. 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out there in the tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod i found that can withstand my hooks that boom goes to dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Cortland Line Master Braid, America's premium super braided fishing line. Manufactured in our Cortland, New York facility and constructed from the highest quality spectra fibers available. Cortland Line Company, made in America since 1915. I have to have the best eyewear. My eyes are essential to doing my job. It's the highest quality lens that I've ever used. Top of the line performance in these glasses. But they're priced for absolutely everyone. The everyday angler can afford them. As a touring professional pro, if I can depend on them, I know the weekend angler can as well. Hobie Eyewear, built for the pros. Price for everyone. We're back. Welcome All back. Right. Bash University Live, everybody. Um, 
we uh we got some gifts to give away. Yep. But first we're gonna we're gonna read this question. Did you do you have it on the IM? Is it on the chat board already? No, it's not. Let me type it real quick. All right. He's gonna he's typing the uh the grand prize question based on something that uh that Luke Duncan talked about today. And uh guys, I want to invite you while he's getting that question in there. I know you none nobody's paying attention to me because they're all watching you type right now. But uh it's in there. It's in there. The yeah. question is up. But check it out. We've got some amazing holiday specials. If you if you have somebody who wants to learn how to fish, give them a ticket to a Bash U class. I promise you, it'll change them. It changed Ben Milliken. He came to see us in Dallas, Texas, 13 years ago. And uh, now he's on his way to the elites, and we take full credit for everything. <laughs> but uh, it was great to have him as a student. Great to have him as a um, – a member of Bashu, really looking forward to seeing him as a seminar speaker. But it's all available on Bashu.tv and uh, yep. Bash the Bashuniversity.com for ticket classes. Uh, do we have a winner yet? So, I mean, Riz, what do you think about this? I like Dan named guys that were already doing it. We're talking about new guys coming over, new guys, and I think, uh, I think chuck fish would be the one that that got it what what do you think yeah i, I would say chuck fish is probably probably the guy i mean cox was already on so cox was already on there keith carson's not an elite guy um it's your call riz yeah it's up to riz it's it's tough dan allen's throwing a bunch of names but dan you're 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 so good yeah, I got to go Chuck Fish on this one because uh, John Cox was already on there. So, Chuck Fish, congrats. Chuck, you got it done this week. Dan, don't be discouraged. I'm sure you will be back in the game. mix. He's going to win the rest of <laughs> Yeah, right. Now he's now he's going to be mad. He's going to yeah, win yeah. for the next four years. Chuck, this send an email just... to the dean's office at bashuniversity.com. Might just be the thing that fires him up. To, to win even more yeah and, and then uh our, our like and share, share winner we're casey lynch like and share winner same deal shoot an email to the dean's office we'll take care of you over there and uh can i roll into the sub of the week i was just sub of the week all right sub of the week of the week of the year <laughs> is uh let's see here bring up that picture it is <laughs> cody westermeyer it's his son Rocking the badge you had with the six shades. Love Looking it. Good. Nice hold. Nice. It looks like he's, technique. it looks like he's right in the studio <laughs> with us. Yeah. He's broadcasting <laughs> the show. He's hey, young man, what's your take on where do, Where are these guys from? Justin? Uh, I think Tennessee, I believe. Well, that, that's I awesome. could be wrong, but you're looking sharp, young man. Uh, keep at Pretty it. Cool. And, uh, I love, love to see it, man. I have pictures of, uh, when I, would catch fish i'd bring them home in my live well so jake could fish in my live well for him uh, <laughs> he fell in love with it fell in love with fishing it's good to see him out there doing it now and thanks guys for watching we're going to be back next week uh with another episode of bash you live did i write that down here we're gonna we're you know what we're gonna we just had the toyota series winner mm -hmm. um and we're gonna, gonna try to get him we're gonna hopefully have him available we're going to be talking about his winning patterns uh on the what's a three hundred thousand dollar tournament 200k 200k plus incentives yeah 
that's a pretty good awesome day. yeah pretty good payday yeah. thanks for watching everybody uh go check out bash university classes come out and see us we've got some really we're our speakers are going to be up soon so check those out we have a bash you meetup that's going to be going on in texas look for information about that and we will see you next week on bash university live